Okay, welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Jane Irrigation Training Series. I'm your host, Richard Rastusha, and today we're going to be talking about, uh, I think, three important irrigation devices, and it's really the difference between sprinklers, micro sprinklers, and foggers. Now, at first, you might think, gee, everybody knows the difference, and uh, the most part we do, but the real key here is which application, which, which device should you be using for the specific application? I think that's where we're really going to help get help. And I think that's why we saw a monster audience for this uh, webinar today uh, is because I think we're not always sure about the application. And uh, I also think it's because of our uh, guest, and that's Michael Pippen. Uh, Michael Pippen has been a very popular uh, presenter on the Jane Irrigation Training Series. He's got a ton of experience in both agriculture and irrigation. He was really, he has been and is very active with the Irrigation Association. Um, he's got uh, product knowledge and general irrigation knowledge, plus irrigation design knowledge that most people just flat don't have. So uh, when Michael's on, I know uh, we always get a great uh, audience because they love to hear what he has to say. So uh, Michael, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, appreciate you uh, coming on today. As always, Richard, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to share with you guys a little bit of what I've learned and what I've heard from the marketplace and the industry. Uh, today, we are going to describe some of these products that um, are probably relatively familiar to us. Um, but we do use a lot of layman's terms out in the marketplace, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but we tend to, you know, with layman's terms, we kind of tend to use them interchangeably. Um, and it can cause a lot of confusion, especially if you're, you know, working with an end user or a producer uh, that is new to irrigation. Uh, they may not uh, really fully understand what we're talking about or uh, may use a term that, uh, you know, as a designer or a dealer, you interpret one way and they're interpreting a, a different way. And so uh, that's what we're really going to talk about today. We're going to try to not get too technical with some of our descriptions. Um, while there's some value there for sure, uh, we don't want to get too technical. Uh, we're going to look at these products more like in terms of application and kind of some key characteristics. And hopefully that'll help us kind of navigate through what some of these products are and what they're used for. And uh, along the way, if uh, somebody has any questions or comments, we'd love to hear them because some of these are just kind of my opinion and my experience and how we define them and not necessarily you know, super clearly defined in the marketplace. So please, if you have any questions or comments, let Richard and I know through the chat room or send us an email afterwards, we'll, we'll discuss those. Yeah, thanks for uh, mentioning that, Michael. And uh, we have been giving some really cool Jane Irrigation Academy t-shirts away for the uh, for the good questions. So uh, so pipe them in here uh, to the chat or the Q&A, and I'll pass them on to Michael as we go on. So one question I have about this, Michael, is um, oftentimes I wonder, did a particular device go in mainly because uh, that device happened to be the uh, one that was... Uh, uh, that I happen to have on the truck, right? I, I, I see this a lot and, uh, and I wonder if you see that as well. Yeah, definitely we can see that. Um, we can see sometimes that we get a, a product selected because that's what we're most comfortable with and may or may not be um, the, most, uh, the best product for the application. Um, I feel like I might've lost you there, Richard, a, a second. I don't know if you can see my, my screen or not anymore. Can you see the sprinkler uh, tab up on my presentation? 
Yeah, we actually lost your um, your screen, so we're not seeing your presentation right now. But um, there, we, you're, you're getting it back right now. But uh, uh, yeah, back so online, okay. I and I see that a lot in uh, in, uh, in landscape too, right? Well, I happen to have this uh, spray head on the truck, so I I uh, just installed that. Uh, it gets yeah. you by, but it doesn't do uh, do exactly what you want it to do. So okay, yeah. now we're seeing yeah. uh, the sprinkler and sprinklers on the screen. Perfect. And so, um, yeah, so the one that I like to start with when I start trying to describe these are, are probably the ones that maybe are the, um, I guess, the least controversially where, you know, most people have are on the same page of what, what a sprinkler looks like. Um, uh, one that I'm showing here is, a, is an impact sprinkler. Um, most of the sprinklers uh, that we uh, use and consider a sprinkler are, are like a full coverage sprinkler. What we mean by that is we're trying to cover a large area. Um, I feel like I just lost you again, Richard. Let me try this again. Oh, no, you're good. Thing. Yeah, you're you, you, you were good? good. Yeah, you were. And whatever you did just lost the screen again, but uh, you were all right. Okay. All right. So now we're uh, now we're seeing you and uh, and hopefully we'll Got get that me. screen back. Okay. So, yeah, so I'll try to do this at both times. It seems like I'm having trouble. Uh, you can see me, but when I had my screen share, it seems to not, not be liking that for whatever reason. But we talk a lot about sprinklers. Sprinklers are a little more common than um, a lot of the other devices, and we use them like in a full field coverage, right? So when we're trying to cover an entire area, uh, we use what we would call a sprinkler. Now, there's a lot of those types of sprinklers that we have. Uh, the one that we talk about and, and are real familiar with is impact sprinklers, right? One single stream makes a, a full rotation, and um, that's pretty commonly referred to as a sprinkler. Uh, but there are others, right? There are other sprinklers, um, like this one we're showing here on the right that I hope you can start to see here in a moment, um, is our mini revolver. And it's a single stream that rotates around and around and around. And so it's not near as traditionally a uh, look, a traditional look as, a, as an impact sprinkler, um, but it is designed to cover a full field, right? And I think that's a real key um, application and attribute to um, a sprinkler is it's trying to cover an entire area. That could be a pasture, it could be, um, it could be uh, strawberries. Uh, these sprinklers, if you will, are used a lot for obviously irrigation, but also germination, um, some cooling applications, and also frost protection, right? We're trying to cover an entire area. And that's what I like to call a sprinkler when we're covering an entire field, if you will. And I'd say relative to the other devices we're gonna look at today, they have a pretty large droplet size. Um, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes have a, a radius, you know, as much as 30, 35, even 40 feet. So relatively far, relatively large droplet size. And sometimes, depending on the product, run at relatively high pressures. But really, the, I think the differentiator here is their full foot coverage. We're trying to cover the whole field and um, uh, a relatively large droplet size, almost always in a full circle, right? Turning a, a 360 degrees. Well, my first question here is, uh, okay, the mini revolver that I'm looking at here on the right-hand side of the screen, I see this a lot in strawberries in California. And then I see sprinklers too, right? I see people moving pipe like crazy and uh, all the labor it takes for that. So why, why would I use a mini revolver versus a sprinkler in something like uh, strawberries? Right, so that's a, a similar applicator. This is where you would call a mini revolver would be described as a sprinkler. I describe it as the same type of product, but they function quite differently. So the mini revolver, is, um, it requires lo lower pressures. And it also has 
a, uh, a better uniformity, right? And so again, kind of driving that point home, you know, what are you using a full coverage sprinkler for? We're really looking for a solid uniform application of water and we're evaluating that over the whole area of the field or the crop. Mini Revolver does an exceptional job with that, very uniform, which allows us to use less water because we're running it less and being more effective. So we're not overwatering in order to prevent the underwatered areas. Um, in terms of frost protection, we got to put a, a same amount, a certain amount of water out. So if your products are ununiform, you got to pump more over here and other hit the minimum over here. And so that's where your mini revolver is extremely popular in that kind of application when we're doing full field um, uh, irrigation, especially with frost protection or cooling. Okay, and then I'm not having to uh, hike those uh, pipes around either. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right? And and th so th these are, you know, again, that's a relatively defined um, uh, product line in this sprinkler where you start to get a little hazy is where, you, where do I stop being a sprinkler and I start being a micro sprinkler? And uh, I'll start again with the easiest one in my mind is in, in inside a greenhouse. I would think most all of your emission devices that are, you know, throwing water um, uh, with a spinning device with a moving part on them would be called a micro sprinkler inside of a greenhouse or uh, in under tunnel, right? Um, that doesn't mean you can't use some of those bigger devices in a, in, in a greenhouse, but most likely you're not. And so we use, a, the, I like the term micro sprinkler for any of our like hanging greenhouse assemblies that have a spinning part that make the water, water uh, move. And you can see them in this picture here. Hopefully we're back up and running and you can see everything where you've got these drop assemblies and we are still using a full coverage, right? We're covering this entire area. Um, but we're doing it with a micro sprinkler. Uh, we can use these micro sprinklers to irrigate. We can use them to propagate. Uh, we're gonna have a medium water droplet size, so a smaller droplet size. Um, and we're gonna have moving parts, almost always a full circle. So uh, moving parts is one that I want you to kind of key on that specification because some of the other devices we're gonna look at are not gonna have moving parts. So that's how we're gonna di differentiate them. But a micro sprinkler inside or an emission device that's moving water with a, with a moving device, a spinner of some sort inside a greenhouse, I would almost always call a micro sprinkler. Uh, however, I would also call a micro sprinkler out in the field uh, a device that was kind of under a tree and not trying to cover the entire area. So out in the field, how would you describe a sprinkler versus a micro sprinkler? I, I like to describe them, a, a sprinkler covers the whole area. That's our primary concern, uniform application across the whole area. A micro sprinkler, we're more um, interested in how that individual device emits water. We want it covering a very specific root zone area and we want each one of those devices applying the same amount of water. Like out west, uh, this is probably like an almond tree. I can't quite see it there, but you know we're not that interested in irrigating the middles of those roads in, in uh, California. That's actually a really bad thing in most cases. So you know a, a micro sprinkler would be more of a defined wetted pattern, almost always again a circular 360 degrees, has moving parts, um, but it is not that interest. We're not that interested in covering the whole area. We're trying to really localize that and looking at the uniformity from device to device to device. So that's how I describe micro sprinklers out in the field, device to device, under tree typically, a sprinkler would be full coverage. Inside a greenhouse, most everything is going to be considered a micro sprinkler. 
Hey, two, two questions have come up uh, now, Michael, and I, I want to ask a couple things now. Um, so with this micro sprinkler that you're showing, uh, there's really one, two, three, four items to purchase. Is that right? It, yes, it really is. Now, this is not the only way to do it. This is the most common way we do this is we have a sprinkler head. In this case, we're highlighting our 2002 AquaSmart spinner. Lots of flow rates, lots of diameter options here. Uh, but this is actually the sprinkler head on the top, the 2002 AquaSmart. We've got a length of poly tubing, uh, typically 36 inches, but you can do more or less, but typically 36, 30 or 36. Uh, then we have this red stake that keeps people from running over them. So we like the color red. Uh, and then you've got a small little transition barb that connects it to a polyethylene tubing that's either on top of the ground or buried shallowly. This is the most typical application. Um, you can get these sprinklers with different types of base. You could do it with a PVC riser and put it on PVC if you wanted to do that. Uh, it's not necessarily unheard of. Uh, it is kind of a slow and tedious process on the installation. That's why most people prefer this installation, uh, this, this assembly, because of the installation time is so quicker. Yes. Yeah, so then somebody else is asking, why would I want to do this micro sprinkler instead of double drip lines uh, underneath the uh, canopies of the trees? Uh, there will be some preference that goes into that. Um, some people, you know, there's definitely an argument to do double drip versus sprinkler. Um, oftentimes, I've, there's even systems now with some really high-end permanent crops out west that do both, believe it or not, or use a jet, we'll look at in a minute, and double line drip. Um, I, I think that sometimes, my opinion in the areas that I've worked with, like, say, let's say, uh, where I'd use a sprinkler like this, pecans in Texas or Oklahoma or Georgia, somewhere like that, when you put a brand new tree, a lot of times these micro sprinklers kind of really localize that water a little bit better than a drip system does. And so it can be really beneficial to have that micro sprinkler right there by that tree when they're young. And you can actually even adjust some of these diameters as that tree grows in the same micro sprinkler. And so for new installations, I find that a micro sprinkler or a jet that we'll look at in a second are sometimes a little bit easier to manage. Um, if you have a really high density planting, you'll see that kind of negate itself because the drippers will be closer together and things, but, but like a, a pecan on like a 30 or a 40 even foot spacing, a lot of these micro sprinklers are a little bit easier system to manage when the system is young, when the trees are young. Um, as those trees get older, you'll see those problems mitigate, um, where a drip performs very easy, similarly in terms of water application in the root zone as a micro sprinkler does. Uh, but there's also some water quality and uh, water quality issues. Uh, sprinklers are sometimes a little bit more forgiving than a drip system is, depending on your water quality. Um, but the sprinklers have stuff above ground where the drip could be plowed all the way in underground. So you have do you have um, squirrel problems in a pecan orchard or almond orchard? Probably right. Uh, if you don't have that, but if you're in Oklahoma, you have way more gophers than you do squirrels. So Again, it's a preference deal. Both can be very, um, uh, you know, very, very um, proper, you know, can be properly in, designed and installed. Uh, some of it just comes to preference and what your, you know, specific issues are out in your field. Yeah. Wow, that's a great explanation. You know, there is a lot that goes into uh, making the selection. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of the, I'd say the next step that I'd like to talk about a little bit, and I would say, you know, most people, when they say the term jet and they're talking irrigation, they we're probably pretty much on the same page. You know, there's not a whole lot of, um, you know, confusion there like it is micro sprinkler and sprinkler, but a jet, you know, how do we differentiate a jet versus a micro sprinkler? 
And I think the biggest one that I see is that there's no moving parts on a jet. Water comes up, it hits a deflector plate, and you can see an image of that there, and it throws these streams out. Um, oftentimes, the pattern is a little bit smaller. The droplets can be a little bit smaller than a micro sprinkler, but really the differentiating characteristic in my mind is moving parts versus non-moving parts. Um, I would also say that a lot we have a lot more pattern options with jets than we do micro sprinklers. So micro sprinklers are pretty much going to throw a 360. Um, well, a jet can spray a 360 pattern. We sell a fair amount of 270 degree patterns. So you can put it right up next to the tree and it doesn't spray water on that tree trunk, kind of bring some disease pressure down. Uh, we have rectangular patterns. We have, you know, uh, patterns that have 13 streams and patterns that have nine streams all kinds of stuff for all kinds of applications and all kinds of specific characteristics that you're looking for in that sprinkler. Um, but they are, again, typically used for irrigation. You see these a lot in like citrus, um, especially the higher density crops. Um, they're a little bit less expensive than, than, the, than the, um, uh, their micro sprinkler cousins. Uh, so if you have a higher density, uh, it can bring a little bit of cost down out of your system. Uh, they also can be used for frost protection. Some we see that down in Florida, where we don't have a whole lot of frost protection, we actually use some patterns that break up the 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 droplets even smaller than we normally would. We move the pressures up and kind of have this um, uh, almost misting, um, uh, I guess, phenomena if you would like, and and so it kind of changes the ambient air temperature around because we're using a lot of well water and so it can have some frost protection properties there. So, so not uncommon to use for irrigation, obviously, but also for frost protection. Biggest difference would be moving parts versus non-moving parts. And Michael, how about on these um, uh, spacing-wise? Uh, do we do a head-to-head -head throw, or uh, and and how how big a throws do these typically have? No, they would not typically be a head-to-head -head throw. We again would be looking at these jets and micro sprinklers more about individuals, you know. Uh, devices per tree, usually a single device per tree, uh, but you can get some spacings where, you know, typically I think, well, what I think of like pecans in the southeast typically have a pretty wide spacing, you know, maybe as much as 40, 45, 50 feet. And in that case, one little micro sprinkler is just not enough to cover the root zone area. So we'd actually have two per tree, but we do not necessarily worry about coverage across each other. You can use them in that application. Um, we do see that done um, with the micro sprinklers. You can uh, overlap them head to head and use them, you know, evaluate them like you would a sprinkler. Uh, that is not a typical application for them, uh, but it does happen. And again, that would probably happen most likely in a greenhouse if we we're going to do something like that. Uh, some of our other products, you see that where we use in a greenhouse, very, not too much out in the field would you see that. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, so then I'd say micro sprinkler and sprinkler can get pretty confusing, right? And, and there's not a real clear defining line there. And, and the same thing can be kind of said between misters and foggers. So I'll do my best here to kind of describe what I would perceive the difference. We have a couple of foggers here that we're listing. Um, they have no moving parts. They're kind of like a jet, right? Uh, but most always a mister or a fogger is going to be used inside of a structure, again, in-house under a tunnel, not always, but, but most of the time they're going to be used in, in, in indoor growing. Um, a mister is going to have a little bit higher flow rate and use probably more for propagation or rooting of, uh, you know, vegetables or whatever. You could be doing blueberry cuttings, right, and raising them to put them out in the nursery. 
So propagation and rooting are the primary um, applications for a mister. No moving parts. Again, you can see these pictures here um, where they're basically full coverage of these misters, but they do not throw water very far. So there is a lot of them out here. It can be a pretty expensive system, but in the, if you're growing uh, strawberry uh, transplants, that's a very lucrative business as well, right? So you got a high value crop, you've got a high value product that's, that's trying, to, trying to grow that crop. So they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, so you, that's why you wouldn't necessarily see a misting system out in the field um, because most likely the, the value of the, of the crop you're growing there is not going to justify the expense of the cost of, of the system. So, uh, but propagation rooting, small droplets, smaller than our micro sprinklers, smaller than our jets. We're trying to do a nice blanket of water, small droplet. Think of a little, little leafy green seed, this little bitty you've got planted in a tray. You don't want that water hitting that, that soil media and knocking that seed out, right? So this small kind of um, mist of water coming down, but it also, you know, would be used for this propagation, irrigation type of methodology. Hey, so uh, I'm looking at these and uh, I'm seeing this, uh, I don't know, it looks like a knuckle above the mister. Uh, what, what is that? <laughs> uh, that's a, a leak prevention device. Um, it's essentially a check valve, spring-loaded check valve. Um, and what that prevents is water draining out of this system when we shut it off. A lot of these propagation systems and definitely some of the fogging systems we'll look at next, we turn the water on very briefly. So high frequency, low duration. You know, we might run it three to five seconds and then shut it off for a minute and then turn it back on. That leak prevention device prevents water from draining out of that, that system. So you can see the tubing here is suspended and the foggers are, are, in this case, the misters are hanging below it. If we were to shut this off and not have a check valve, all this water would drain out every time we turn it off, make a big mess. And, you know, when you turn it back on, it, it never get full. All you do is really just leak water the whole time. So that leak prevention device is a check valve, uh, but it's designed on a certain pressure or certain flow rates um, so that they open when we pressure as the system and then they close and we turn the system off, um, allowing us to turn the water on in short, short bursts is probably the best way to describe it. So I'm also thinking like uh, my grocery store produce section, right? This exactly. is where same same type uh, application. Same type of thing. That's correct. Um, that's a nice transition, nice segue for me, Richard, because what you're seeing there in the grocery store is probably more what I would describe as a fogger, right? They're not really trying to grow anything there. They're not really trying to um, root that lettuce that you have planted there. What they're trying to do is they're trying to control the environment around it. Um, either cooling or humidification or both. Um, and so here is where you get the differentiation between a mister and a fogger. And I'm not going to say you can't use what I call a fogger to mist, and I'm not saying you can't use a mister to fog. Uh, but where the real differentiation in my mind is that these foggers, we're really not trying to irrigate anything. We're really not trying to propagate anything. Most probably we're trying to manipulate the environment around them, either through cooling or humidification, or even chemigation. Uh, they would have the smallest droplet of all of them. Uh, the trick with a, with a fogger is trying to get all the droplets the same size. Uh, we want those droplets, in most cases, to never really hit the plants, right? We're just trying to cool the environment around it or add humidity into the system. And so we're using evaporative cooling. We spray these small droplets out into the field, into the greenhouse a lot of times, but not always. We do a lot of cooling outside um, the Pacific Northwest with a similar product that I'm showing here. Um, this is our turbo fogger that I'm showing right here. It's a little bit unique. 
Uh, but we're trying to manipulate the environment around it. They spray this water. It's a small enough droplet, um, uniform enough droplet that most of it, hopefully basically all of it, evaporates out and changes the environment around them. Um, the device that we're showing here is a turbofogger. It's very unique. It, the big pipe here in the center is actually air. We have uh, air, uh, uh, compressed air, and the small tubing is the water part that actually fills and sprays out. And so the compressed air uh, allows a couple of things. One, it, it really is what the catalyst is to have a very uniform droplet size. It allows us to kind of blow that water out of the device um, with a little bit with a little bit more consistency than we can with water. Uh, and it allows us to, our water to run at a little bit lower pressure. Uh, so we're not necessarily trying to manipulate the droplet size of the water. We're doing it with the air, which is a little bit easier to do. Um, it keeps our flow rates down because, again, that's critical because we don't want a lot of water. We don't want all this water spraying all over the lettuce you're picking up in the grocery store, right? That's a bummer when it's all wet. We just want it nice, cool, crisp, and, you know, and fresh. And so uh, this device here, the turbofogger, um, also is, is pretty popular in chemigation in indoor growing. So if you had you know, really tight plant population, it's very hard to get your chemicals, whether they're foliar feed, fertilizers, or pesticides, uh, really hard to get equipment down through there. And you really don't want people walking through the indoor growing. It's kind of part of the purpose is to not have so many people in there. Let's automate this thing, right? And so we can use this device to chemigate as well. Um, and so that's really, really popular uh, way uh, to, to not just cool, humidify, but also chemigate. And in a chemigation application, you would run this longer. And so the water would, you know, act a little bit more like a mist and would actually apply to the, to the field. But you would manipulate that with your um, schedule rather than, you know, the device itself. So it looks like you get a further throw on these two. You don't need as many. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. Um, they, um, you know, we have a project now. Let's see if I can convert it into meters, pretty uh, from meters to <laughs> to feet, really quickly. But it's um, we're spacing them uh, nine uh, nine and a half meters apart. So you know, almost thirty feet apart uh, from one fogger to the other, and then down the row, we are almost ten feet. So pretty far apart compared to a regular fogger that we showed, uh, or a mister, you can look at these application here, we're only like three by three. So there's a lot of those dudes out there. Um, we, with the air, we're able to really manipulate uh, that pattern um, in terms of droplet size and how big of an area we can cover. And that's, you know, it's, it's a really pretty unique product and that's really where its advantages come in. Then how much, um, how much air pressure do you need? Um, not a whole lot. It's more about a volume issue. You can see that this pipe for the air is a lot bigger than the pipe for the water, right? And so just the, from a design standpoint, um, we want all these um, devices, all these foggers to have the same air pressure, right? And so air is a little bit harder to manipulate. Eh, it's not quite as forgiving in a pipeline design than water is, right? A pound or two of pressure change in an irrigation system on the water side is really not going to change our output very much. It's really going to have very little effect in our uniformity in most cases. But let's say five PSI difference in air can be quite significant. Think about your car having 30 pounds versus 35 pounds. At 35 pounds, your light doesn't go off, but at 32, it does, right? And so there's some 
you know, it, that, that air pressure is a little bit tighter range that you have to operate. So we're not running that high. We're only running about um, 40, maybe 50 PSI on that, on, that, on that air pipe. So not that high, but we have a big piece of pipe because we can't really have very much variability in the air pressure. Right, right. Okay. And uh, yeah, but, but it, it will require that somebody has a, uh, a compressor. And I mean, this isn't for most people to set up. This is really for your uh, greenhouses. That's correct. This particular product is going to be mainly used for like odor control. Uh, we've done that in some cannabis projects um, or, or like indoor growing uh, fruits and high value vegetables where they're doing the chemigation. Uh, for just cooling and humidification, it's probably a little bit uh, a little bit challenging unless it's a really large commercial application. Yeah. So this is going to put a lot of moisture on the leaves though, right? Is, is that true? Uh, and is that a problem? Um, it can. Um, if you're just using for cooling and humidification, we would do our best to limit the amount of water that we're going to put on those leaves, right? Because that can probably cause us some disease pressure problems. So we're going to try to uh, do that through our um, schedule in terms of frequency and duration. We're also going to have airflow through these indoor, you know, especially indoor. Outside, you know, you're going to have plenty of airflow. Those things are going to evaporate pretty well. Um, uh, and we're going to have a little bit more flexibility if things get wet. They'll tend to be able to dry off a lot better like they would in the Pacific Northwest in the summertime, right? Lots of evaporation, not a whole lot of challenge getting those leaves dried off. But we, even in that place, we really don't want the water touching the, the fruit in that cooling application. So, um, the goal is to have very minimal amount of water in either cooling and humidification, very little water actually landing on the, the plant itself. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, thank you. So, got another question coming in, Michael, and it has to do with um, which sprinkler or micro sprinkler is best when you think about uh, initial plantings, right? Uh, new plants, uh, you want a smaller radius, uh, you're going to keep everything close to the trunk. And then as it gets bigger, right, you want to move it out, you got to move your water out. So is there one device for this? Or do you end up having to buy two? Um, you don't have to buy two. Um, I have seen fields and applications where they did buy two. Um, and you can do that. A good designer can, can design um, a substitute where you start with a, maybe a lower flow rate. Let's call it a jet. Let's say we start with a jet. Um, and then when that plant gets that tree or orchard, I think you'd see this mostly in permanent crops, obviously. Uh, you would maybe take off this sprinkler head and you'd put on something bigger like this. Uh, take off this jet and put on a micro sprinkler like our 2002. You, I've seen that and I've done it. I'm, you know, there's, it's a pretty expensive way of doing things. Um, it's effective, uh, but I don't know that that's the way I would necessarily try. On this 2002, to kind of tackle that problem, we actually have a spinner that has a little tab on it, a little weight. And so when they're young, you leave that weight on there, tab, it's a little tab, but it slows the rotation of the spinner so it doesn't throw it as far. When they get bigger, you go by and break that little tab off and it spins faster and it throws a larger diameter. That's super popular on that 2002. Uh, it's a really neat feature um, that we use oftentimes in close, like say, let's, uh, you know, again, I'm in the Southeast, so I don't do as many of the nut crops as they do out West, but like a peach orchard that likes these spinners, right? You know, they're on a relatively close spacing, let's say a 20 foot by, you know, row to row, 10 foot, tree to tree. 
but when they're young, you know, we might be planting them in some pretty heavy soils and they're kind of just a twig and there ain't much to them, right? There's really not much to those little peach trees when you stick them in the ground. And so um, there's no real need to throw that water all over the place. You're really just kind of spending extra money. And so um, we localize that water, you know, keep that spinner going real slow, keep it right there. As they get older, we break that tab off and sling it. And then sometimes people just leave the tab on there. They find that functions well for them in a tight spacing. But, but that's kind of the idea. So there are some design features that try to help uh, mitigate that growth cycle in an in a in a, in a orchard. Um, permanent application with trees, that's always a challenge. If a tree is going to look very different today than it does 10 years from now and then 30 years from now. So how do we manage that? Um, and and that, those are two ways that I've seen it done. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Uh, so leave the tab on, maybe pull the tab off later. Do you need a special tool for that or anything? Nope. Nope. Just a little pair of needle nose pliers. It just is a little tab almost like you'd see like a, a, a plastic model kit where you've got the little tabs that hold everything together. That's yeah. how it is. It just made it's designed to just break off with a, with a pair of needle nose pliers. Yeah. So, okay. Then, uh, all right, we've got another uh, question coming in uh, from Colorado. Uh, and um, just want to let uh, Javier know that we're going to share the whole video recording of this uh, with you. And um, if you like, if, if you still need the PowerPoint presentation, I'm sure we can get that to you as well. Very good. Well, this is kind of just an overview of where we're at. And you can see I've even moved some of these that we subscribed a little bit. Like I moved this uh, mini revolver from the sprinkler, how I described it earlier, to a micro sprinkler uh, category, just to kind of, you know, emphasize the point that, you know, we really want to look at these devices, in my opinion, more about application and not try to say that this mini revolver is always a sprinkler or here in this case, this Super 10 is always a sprinkler. You know, really look at these products in terms of application. We don't want to limit them. There are things that they um, are used most commonly, but like we referred to this 2002 is an extremely versatile sprinkler. It oftentimes is used in what I would define as a micro sprinkler application um, underneath the almond tree and uh, out, out you know, in, in California. But that doesn't mean you can't take it or maybe it's, it's uh, cousin, the modular sprinkler that we offer um, and put it inside a greenhouse and do a really effective job uh, irrigating some leafy greens and making it a full coverage sprinkler. And so in that case, um, you know, is it a micro sprinkler? Is it a sprinkler? I'm not sure it matters. Um, but a lot of these these products can live in different worlds depending on their application. And I think that's a really good way of describing what, you, what your needs are. Um, same thing over here with these foggers. You know, there's even some more options here. Obviously, we haven't shown our whole catalog, but we have devices that, you know, they, they, they don't have a moving part. Um, they have a deflector plate of some sort, but they're really a larger droplet. You really wouldn't use them for a misting. Uh, you would use them for irrigation. And so where do they fit? Do they fit here as a mister? Or do they fit here as a micro sprinkler? Again, describing your application and what you're trying to do is, uh, is a lot better in my mind than trying to say this device here is always going to be a mister or this device here is only can only be used as a fogger. It, it has to be used as a mister, vice versa. So uh, we've got a lot of products here at Jane. Um, we've got a big catalog and a lot of, lot of technical support behind it to help anybody that's got some questions, product managers um, and uh, sales staff that can help you specify what's right for you. Uh, but yeah, there's my contact information there is in the bottom left. My email, my phone number, you can text me or call me um, where, whenever, whatever works best for you. Uh, but if you have a question, you know, if I can't answer it, I'll get you in touch with someone who can. And yeah, I pre appreciate the time. There's no other questions, Richard. 
Yeah, so I just want to clarify, Michael, if uh, if I'm looking at a application, whatever trees, maybe uh, uh, maybe some other permanent crop, and uh, I'm not sure which one of these to I should install. I can call you or send you an email, and that that's okay. That's perfectly fine. That's what we're here for. Like I said, if there's something that I'm not familiar with, I'm from I've worked a lot in the central and the east, but we have a big team out west. Uh, we'll put you in touch with the right person that's familiar not only with the crop but also your geographic region, which can be really valuable. So um, yeah, if I can't help you, I'll get you in touch with the right person. Yeah, and so then uh, there's another question here. Uh, one last question, and it has to do with micro flappers. How does their delivery fit into what you're, you know, what we're discussing here? Um, with a micro flapper, I'm, uh, I'm not quite familiar with that brand name, but what I'm guessing is kind of like uh, there's a couple of products out there. One of them is called the flipper. One of them is called the flapper. Uh, I'm thinking that it might be a device that kind of moves back and forth. It doesn't really have a spinner, uh, but the water hits a uh, almost like a, a seesaw type of a device, and it slings water back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. If that's what we're talking about, it, again, it's kind of one of these creatures that lives in its own territory. I don't know how you describe it, uh, but most likely I would call that a, a micro sprinkler. Uh, because it's not typically going to be described in terms of uniform application of water across the field. Almost all those flippers or flappers, if that's what he's talking about, are used for frost protection. And so what we're trying to do is really localize water up and down the row of a vineyard, typically. And so we're really worried about that spot uniformity down the row, not so much about the uniformity across the whole field. So that device, if I had to put it in a category, I'd call it a micro sprinkler. Yeah. So I also see that on our website, we do have a micro flapper. And it's really interesting. I hate the name. And this is why I think nobody buys it. It's really just the drip emitter that is pressure compensated. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, they're really cool. But I think the name throws people off, too, because it really just punches into a supply line and drips like an emitter. But it does it's pressure compensating, which is really cool. And, uh, 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 you know, it's uh, it, it's pretty po it is popular for landscape uh, irrigation as well. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, please reach out to Michael. Uh, if you have some questions, that is so generous because I know you're a busy guy. And uh, but I also know how much you appreciate just helping your customers out. So uh, that's very nice. I want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, joined us today. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to be back on Friday and we're going to be talking about how to do a uh, spring startup using uh, a mobile uh, app device that uh, that you can use to make the process so much easier. We're also going to be just stepping through what a good sprinkler uh, spring startup is as well, uh, even if you don't have a mobile app device. And then finally, you can see all our 160 trainings uh, on uh, our uh, YouTube channel or at janesusa.com forward slash trainings or wherever you listen to your favorite webcast, uh, we're, we're on there as well. And it's one of the things I like the best is uh, thinking that uh, people are out there working, listening, and, uh, and getting better about water conservation and sustainability. That's what keeps us going here. So thanks again, everybody. And we will see you on Friday. Michael, thanks again. Great job today. Appreciate you, Richard. Yeah.